I'd like us to take uh, our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalm 126 to begin with. And then we will be over in the New Testament books of the Gospels here in just a little while, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Psalm 126. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6 says this, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. These are often used as verses for soul winning, uh, leading others to the Lord. Many soul winners uh, rely on this promise that if they go out sowing with tears, they're going to reap in joy. And there's an analogy of a farmer here who's so happy that he has uh, scattered his seed and now he's coming again later in the year with his sheaves. Sheaves are bundles of wheat. And uh, to them in those days, that was priceless. Wheat is the staple of life. Uh, We cannot survive without wheat. And there's many, many animals that can't survive without wheat. And so wheat was like priceless. So he's bringing his bundles of sheaves back with him. And he's just crying because God has been so good. Because those of us that grew up on a farm, man, we knew some lean years. <laughs> you, just, you just planted your corn, your whatever, and you had lean years. Or you had a whole month where it didn't rain and everything dies. And farmers have to work with God. They have to work with God, and, and God takes this farming analogy and, and, and uses it to us about how we need to go forth weeping, bearing precious seed. The Lord would say in the Gospels that the seed is the Word of God. Spiritually, it is the Word of God that is sown in people's hearts and can grow and can bring forth a harvest in their hearts and their souls can be saved. So this is often used by soul winners as a promise that if I go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, I will doubtless come again with rejoicing. And uh, soul winning is always successful, not in every case, but eventually, eventually those that go out will always come back with a story about what God did. And uh, we have to sow the seed patiently. Patiently, no farmer sows his seeds and then goes out the next day and says, boy, what a waste that was. Nothing came up. No, it's months later, months later. And uh, he has to till his uh, garden, keep the weeds out and uh, the rodents uh, because raccoons and things would come along and just just strip your uh, gardens bare. And so you're always fighting them and watering and and weeding some more, you had, to, you had to practically live in a garden to live off of a garden. And uh, so it is with our soul winning. It, we, we've got to have patience. You, you can't be here today and say, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. No, you've got you to keep at it all your life, just sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. And eventually you will have sown enough seed on people's hearts that it's going to bring forth a harvest and you are going to lead people to Christ. So we call that soul winning. Soul winning. In the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30, 
It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Uh, Charles Spurgeon once said, I would rather lead one soul to Christ than to understand all the mysteries of the Bible. Think of that. I would rather lead one soul to Christ than to understand all the mysteries of the Bible. Because there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. Think of that in heaven. More than 99 just persons that need not repentance. And we are told that in in Luke 15, verse 7 and 10, there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Imagine that. If, If today here in Eden, I don't know who you all are, I don't know your arts, I don't know if you're saved or not. But if you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, you would be saved. You would have eternal life. There would be rejoicing in heaven. Now at this juncture, I have preached or taught about 10,000 sermons or lessons in the last 40 years. Not one of them has caused rejoicing in heaven. Not one of them. Have they ever said in heaven, boy, did you hear that sermon this morning? No, but if somebody repented in faith and trusted Christ as their Savior, they'd be rejoicing. Be rejoicing. You can win souls to Christ, and you can spend your life doing it. He that winneth souls is wise. If there's a guy over here that earns a million dollars... And he's very successful in business. The whole world will applaud him and say, what a, what, boy, what, a, what an accomplishment. But when he dies, what happens? He leaves it all behind, all of it. But if another guy over here leads one soul to Christ, that soul is eternal. He takes that soul. That soul will be in heaven forever. Which one was wise? The one who spent his life and his sweat to earn everything and leave it all behind. The scripture says we came into the world naked, that's how you go out. Which one's wiser? Or the one over here that leads a soul to Christ, or two, or five, or ten? He that wins his souls is wise. But I want to talk about a different aspect of it. And today I want to talk about soul bringing Soul bringing. Maybe you're to the point where you say, well, I can't be a soul winner. If you're still in Psalms, go back to chapter 51. Chapter 51, Psalm 51. This is a precious chapter because David has fallen into horrible, grotesque sin. And uh, sometimes when people do that, they think, well, I'm disqualified. God can never use me again. And so he confesses his sin here. Uh, Psalm 51 is the, probably the greatest chapter in the Bible on how to truly confess your sins. And his sin with Bathsheba, he confesses here. But after he confesses and comes clean before God, then he says this in verse 13, then... Will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You see, if, if, if anything else, doesn't matter what you've ever done in your past. 
you can be forgiven and you can at least go about the rest of your life trying to convert sinners. And you're not disqualified from that. Nobody's ever disqualified. There was a woman in John chapter 4 who, was, who had been married. It's in the gospel of John chapter 4. She'd been married five times. And then Jesus said, the guy you're with now, you're not even married to. Can you imagine a woman like that? There's some kind of a problem there. Been married five times, now she's living with a guy. And you read John chapter 4, and she goes, she meets Christ, she's saved, she's transformed. She goes into the city and starts telling all the men about the Christ she just met. And a whole bunch of those men believed because of the saying of the woman. So it doesn't matter what you've ever done in your past that you might think you're disqualified from Christian service. You can always be a soul winner. You can always teach sinners thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Now maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're here today and you say, but I don't know what to say. Well, here's what you can do until you learn what to say to lead someone to Christ, you can bring someone to a place where somebody else knows what to say. And you can be a soul bringer. A soul bringer. And so I want to talk about that for a little bit. You can bring them, for instance, to Sunday school. Uh, I was sitting in Sunday school this morning listening to Pastor Barron, and in the middle of his Sunday school lesson, he shared the gospel. He shared the gospel. I told you my testimony last week when I was talking about my dad who just went to heaven. He was saved. And how he got saved when he was 37 years of age. And uh, men at work were talking to him about Christ. They gave him gospel tracts. They gave him a Bible. They were witnessing to him. They said, we have trusted Christ as our Savior. The Lord saved us. And it made sense to him. And uh, on his lunch break one day, he just stopped his whole life. Just stopped his whole life. And in repentance of his sins and faith toward Christ, he bowed his head on lunch break all by himself and said, Lord Jesus, I need you to save me. Please save my soul. Please come into my heart. And he understood what they had been saying to him. He he trusted Christ. Well, immediately, he began to be concerned about his three boys, George, Dave, and me, Art, the the youngest. And I was uh, young. I was about 12 years of age at the same time. Same time Pastor Barron got saved when he was 12. And so my dad knew that we needed Christ. We had had religion and church up to here. That didn't do anything for us. And he knew we needed Christ. We needed a personal relationship. But my dad did not know how to share that with us. So he brought us to a place. It was a little church in West Falls, the West Falls Bible Church. Some of you heard this story dozens of times. And the first Sunday that I was there, Pastor Bob Ashbach, the preacher, he's in heaven now, he preached the gospel. I think he was just sensitive to the Holy Ghost that morning. And he saw some visitors and a new family. A man got up one day and said, boys, we're going to a different church today. And we said, what? And he took us into that church and Pastor Bob preached the gospel. And he preached out of the Gospel of John, and I can remember one verse. 
from the sermon, John 10 and verse 9. He quoted Jesus who said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. That spoke to my heart. And at the end of the sermon, he had everybody stand up, and we took our psalm books, and we were singing some kind of a song of invitation, and he stopped, and he said, Now, if you're here today, and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, pray this prayer, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember praying when he, he led me in a word of prayer. He didn't even know me. He didn't even know I was praying. I walked out of the door. He had no idea. I made a decision that morning. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And my dad brought me. He was a soul bringer. If he hadn't done that, I don't know what my story would have been. But he brought me to a place where somebody knew what to say. My brother George, Dave, and myself got saved and trusted in Christ as our Savior. And then a couple years later, we went to personal evangelism courses and we learned what to say to somebody and how to share the gospel in an intelligent, understandable way and how to draw the net and say, now you've heard the gospel. Would you like to receive Christ as your Savior? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you like to call upon the Lord right now? I can help you with a word of prayer. You can pray out loud. You can pray to yourself. doesn't matter. God will see your heart. Would you like to do that? And so many times over these years, people have said, yeah, I'd like to do that. And I've been able to know how to lead them. But maybe you're not there yet. You need to be there. Eventually, all of us need to know. Because they're not... Some people aren't going to go to a church. And uh, it might be life and death. And uh, Brother Doug was out in the blizzard with his four-wheel drive pickup truck helping people. And in the blizzard, he got to lead one of them to Christ, uh, who probably may, may never come to church, but because he knew what to say. And we all need to know what to say. We all need to know how to present the gospel. Four times it says in the Bible that they can understand with the heart. It's got to be in an understandable way. You don't have to be a scholar. All right, Tyler's going down to Florida. Another trip in February, we're helping him to go to the uh, soul-winning uh, um, conference in, in, uh, down by Tampa for, uh, I think it's two or three days, and then he's going to the Florida State Fair. They got a, a tent there, and he's going to win souls to Christ. And I've seen Tyler do this with my own eyes, where he's just got this gospel track. It's large print, and he has it open, and he, he gives it to the person sitting with them. And, and I saw him with four people one day, and he gave every one of them a, a big gospel track, big, large gospel track, big print, four points. In these days of uncertainty, here's something you can know for sure was the name of the track. And he'd go through point number one, and then he'd stop and ask every one of them, do you understand point number one? That we're all sinners, we, we've all sinned, and, and, and we're separated from God, and we need to be... And then point two, and point three, and point four. Now, and when they understand that, understand with the heart and be converted, it says, four times. They understand that, then he'll say, would you like to pray, would you... Do you understand? And in that understanding, would you like to pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, be your Savior, believe in Him, 
with all your heart. And I've seen him lead people to Christ. He's 75 years old. That's what he's doing in his retirement. That's a good way to retire. Now turn to John chapter number 1. So I want to press you today to eventually learn what to say to lead someone else to Christ. But until then, don't say, well, I can't do anything to save sinners. You can. If you're not a soul winner yet, you can be a soul bringer. A soul bringer. Look at John chapter 1 and verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak, that's John the Baptist, and followed him was Andrew, Simon's Peter, Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Read the next six words out loud with me in verse 42. Ready? And he brought him to Jesus. Say that again. And he brought him to Jesus. Now Andrew said, boy, I just found the Christ. I found the Messiah. And and then his brother Peter, and he brought him to Jesus. He was a soul bringer. And then Jesus saved Peter's soul. That's what you might call as a soul winner, a big fish. Because boy, we know the rest of the history on Peter, don't we? I don't know whatever happened to Andrew. There's not much on him, but he brought Peter to Christ. And boy, did God use Peter. He brought him to Jesus. He brought him to, that's something we can do. Bring someone to where Jesus is. And, and, and maybe somebody else in this case. Now let's go through the Gospels. Turn to Matthew, and I just want to share with you some examples. This is why we memorize... Um, the uh, books of the New Testament so we can know where we're looking when we're preaching. Say those with me, the New Testament books. Ready? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, First and second Peter, first, second, and third John, Jude, Revelation. When you know those books, then you'll know when the preacher says, turn to the book of Matthew. You know, he's talking about New Testament first book. Now notice some stories here. I want you to notice some of the people they brought to Jesus in these stories. First of all, they brought the sick. Matthew 4, verse 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria. Now notice the words, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and they that had the palsy, and he healed them. Now all of these people would have, had, would have gotten no help at all that day, except for the words in verse 24, and they brought unto him. Some concerned people in that day said, I heard about Jesus. I can't help my sick or the, the, the diseased or the tormented or those possessed with devil, lunatic palsy. I, I can't help them, but I heard Jesus can. And they brought that, them to him. 
They were soul bringers. They were soul bringers. Look at chapter 8, Matthew 8. Keep your fingers going now. Matthew 8, verse 16. And when the even was come, here it is, they brought unto him, what? Many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his words and healed all. Everyone they brought, he healed them all. They brought, praise God, for these stories were people, unknown people. We never, we never hear their names, except Andrew. But concerning people brought them to him. See, that's something we can do. Maybe you don't know the Bible that well or how to quote verses, but you can bring people to Jesus and they can get the help that they need. Look at Matthew 9, next chapter. Matthew 9, verse 32. Not only the sick, but we have the insane. Man, alive. God, the, the Lord, you know, if we just believe, the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's got just as much power today to help these people with their infirmities. And some of them are really extreme. Look at this one. Verse 32, 932. And they went out, behold, they, who are they? We don't know. Brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And by the end of the story, Jesus heals the man that they brought to him. Somebody brought him to Jesus. Turn to the book of Mark chapter 9. That's the next book. Remember Matthew, Mark. Memorize the books of the New Testament. Say them tonight when we have memorization recitation. I want you to notice there are those that disciples and churches fail to help. No matter how hard we try, I don't know why it is. I do, there's just some we just can't help. And uh, verse 17, Mark 9, 17, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. That is, he had brought them to Jesus' disciples, and they couldn't help him. Verse 20, And they brought him unto him. So they brought him to the disciples first. They couldn't help this guy. He was so bad, this young boy. And there's some trouble boys in this world nowadays. There's some trouble girls, man. Their minds are being filled with stuff. And their eyes are being filled with stuff. And their ears are being filled with stuff that just is nothing short of demonic. I'm telling you something, that thing in the, Bulletin today about the TV, man. Some of the stuff is just, just, just commercials are diabolical, demonic. People don't need to look at that stuff. And man, we're getting, we're getting some crazy stories in our country. Six-year-old kid killing his mother, and I know those are the extremes. But there's some demonic possession going on these days in this nation. And they brought him unto him, verse twenty. They brought him. Who? Who are they? I don't know. Praise God, they were in this story. Amen. Those that brought him unto him, and of course, by the end of the story, the boy is healed, and he's in his right mind, and he has returned to his father, and Jesus helps 
this helpless boy that nobody else could minister to. Now go to the next book, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter number 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, these are all different stories. All different stories. And in verse number 18 it says, And behold, men brought. What are their names? We don't know. But they're the heroes of this story. Behold, men brought in a bed a man that was taken with a palsy. That means he was paralyzed. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find, by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up upon the housetop. And they let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Unto the man on the bed, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They didn't realize they were looking at God. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said, and then he speaks to them, and immediately it says in verse 24, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine own house. And immediately he rose up before him, and took him up. Now, if you read other gospel stories about this one, the Bible literally says they busted up somebody's roof and let this guy down with ropes. I mean, they had to find a bed. They had to find ropes. They had to find some means to get up on the house because the house was packed with people. They couldn't get anyone in the door. Then they had to get the guy on a bed up on the roof. Imagine that task. And then let him down, and Jesus is looking at him, and it says when he sees... Their faith, those four, who had brought him. Don't know their names, but they brought him. We're talking about being a soul bringer. They brought him. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Sons, your sins are forgiven you. Get up, take your bed and walk. What a miracle. What a miracle when somebody tries to bring someone to Jesus, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. We can be soul bringers. You're here today and you say, I don't know how to talk very well. And uh, I'm not a good salesman. You don't have to be to be a soul winner. But some people think that. Turn to Luke 18. Luke 18. Let's go on. The helpless. And now we see the blind. We've seen the sick, the insane, those that the disciples couldn't help, the helpless, the blind. Luke chapter 18 and verse 40. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked, What will I that I do? That I might receive my sight. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. And so they bring to Jesus a blind man at his request. And I have those words highlighted in my Bible in verse 4. 40, to be brought unto him. To be brought unto him. We've got to get people to Jesus. You know, I, I'm thankful for psychologists and psychiatrists and doctors and all those folks they are trying their hardest. They really are. Most of them are sincere people, just want to help people. But boy, people need Jesus. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 12. 
Oh, John. John. We're in John now. We're getting there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 12 now, verse 20. Here's a bunch of Gentiles. We don't really know the end of this story. But it says in verse 20, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast, and came, the same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Jesus cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. There's some seekers out here, Greeks. And they, they, they wanted to worship the God of the Jews. They were almost there, Amen. And then Philip and Andrew bring him to Jesus. I believe that's how the story is. They, they said, we, we need some access to Jesus. And they, they brought him to the Lord. Brought him to the Lord. Uh, go back. Uh, I got ahead of myself. Go back to 1. John chapter 1. <clears throat> this is good for you today. Good for your fingers. Connecting the dots, I call it. You take a word in the Bible, like the word brought, and you just search it all out, get a concordance, they're all listed there, and then you just connect the dots. Remember when we were kids and we used to get those connect the dot books? Do they still make those anymore, or is that too much for our kids to... Don't want to put too much pressure on our kids these days. They still got those, you know what I mean, connect the dots? There's dots all over the place. You can get those as complex as you want in your... You're following the dots. They're all numbered and everything. They don't seem to make mistakes. But boy, when you're done, you look back and what a picture. You know what I mean? What a picture. That's how the Bible is. You take a word and you start connecting those dots all through the Bible. And they'll take you all over all these different books. But at the end, what a picture you have of a particular subject or a particular person. And so the Bible is a connect the dots type of... You've got to work at it. You've got to work at the Bible. Connect all this a chain that goes from Genesis to Revelation on almost any subject, and you gotta you gotta study all of it before you can see the whole picture of a particular subject. Today we're looking at the word brought. They brought him, 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 and every time the Lord is there to honor their faith and to help. Well, here's some doubters. We need to bring the doubters to Christ. John one, verse forty five. John one Verse 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Here it is, come and see. Come and see. And the Lord receives Nathanael, and Nathanael becomes one of the twelve. Amen. The doubters. Look at John 8. Now this is not really the, uh, the way we want to do it, but it fits the word. <laughs> verse, <clears throat> verse number... Uh, Three, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him, there's our little phrase there, they brought unto Jesus, a woman taken in adultery. 
Now they didn't have good, they didn't have the good incentive these others had, or the, the very opposite. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses says she should be stoned, etc., etc. What do you say? And Jesus goes silent, starts writing down something on the ground, who knows what, maybe names they had, of women they'd been with, or lusted after or something. He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her, and so they all start walking away. And he says to the woman, woman, verse 10, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. Boy, I tell you, you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Don't do this anymore. Don't do this anymore. Go and sin no more. But Jesus didn't condemn her. Jesus freed her. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And Jesus does not condemn you for what you have done if you'll come to Him and acknowledge Him as Lord and trust in Him. But they brought her. They didn't bring her for good reasons, but they got her to the right place. They got her to Jesus. Just a couple more here. Look at chapter 11, John 11. I'll I'll end with this one and give you the grand conclusion. Might not be that grand, but it'll be good for your life. It's something you can do. John eleven twenty eight. John eleven twenty eight. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, "The Master is come, and calleth for thee." As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. See the sorrowing. The sorrowing. Mary, what if she hadn't what if she hadn't delivered the message? Jesus said to Mary, You go get your sister or to Martha, you go get your sister Mary and bring her to me. And what if she hadn't done that? What the Lord had said. Boy, what a miracle there is by the end of this chapter, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And so she goes and says to Mary, the master is calling for you. Come, and she gets up and they they go to Jesus. They go to Jesus. And boy, what a miracle. <laughs> we still talk about it today. What a miracle. When people are brought to Jesus. So I've laid out for you some biblical stories of what happens when people, in most cases unknown people, just bring some and they say, we, we've heard of Jesus. Jesus can help this person. doesn't matter if they've got a mental, emotion, mental problems, emotional problems, physical problems, whatever, Jesus can help them. But we're, we're, we're spiritualizing this today. We're talking about the salvation of their souls. Now, I remember in my youth, our church would have a group on Tuesday nights called Brigade Boys. You know what me and my brother Dave did? We, we rounded up some of the farm boys around us. And my pastor, Ted Dennis, would come along, and he, he literally had a, a Volkswagen bus. It looked like a toaster on wheels. Some of you have seen those before. And we, we would get our friends in there and he'd pick them up and we'd go to Brigade Boys and they'd hear the gospel at Brigade Boys. We were just learning how to share our faith, but we'd bring them. We'd, we'd go, he'd do the same thing with his bus on 
on Saturday nights back, they used to have a place called the Buffalo Christian Center in Buffalo. They have youth time. Every Saturday night, they'd have youth rallies. Every Saturday night. And we'd get our friends, and, and some of them got saved. They'd have evangelists down there with big long fingers, and they'd be pointing, and, and people would be coming to the altar, and, and they'd be counseling with them and, and getting saved. See, we were soul bringers. We could do that. As a teenager, we could do that. We could bring friends to where they hear the gospel. Be a soul bringer. Dad brought me to church. We brought others. Use every opportunity. Hey, you got marriage banquet coming up in two weeks. We've had couples come to our marriage banquet that have never come back to our church since. But they come one time. They come one time. And they hear the gospel. And only God knows. My stepmother, she came to six of our Christmas cantatas. She never came to anything else, ever. But she came to six of our Christmas cantatas. I can remember, we, we, we've done 25 consecutive years of Christmas cantatas. And people have told me, my grandpa got saved. My grandma got saved. My aunt, my uncle got saved. At the Christmas cantata, because at the end we'd share the gospel. And we'd say, this is how you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It was an opportunity. Men's breakfast. You can bring men that won't come to anything else. They're not coming to church on Sunday. But they'll come and eat on a Saturday. You can be a soul bringer. Mother's Day. You can bring a mom. Hey, we're having a Mother's Day service at church. You get a geranium. You get a geranium if you come. Oh. Oh. You get honored. We're going to honor your moms. And we have gifts and all kinds of stuff for them. Some mothers, you can bring a mom. Bring somebody you know. Bring a single mom. Whatever. Father's Day. Singles Day, youth group activities. Twice a month, you teens. You can bring, I, I was a youth leader for 10 years here, two years in the last church, and, 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 and I, I, it didn't matter what we were doing, softball, soccer, or whatever, I'd say, all right, everybody sit down, i gotta, I got to share something with you. And then we're going to go back and play some more softball or whatever we were doing. I got to, but I got to share something with you. And I'd have them all sit in the bleachers or wherever we were, and I'd share the gospel. Someone would come for nothing except that. Somebody told them we're having pizza. Oh, I'll go. They weren't seeking the Lord. They wanted some pizza. But the Lord was seeking them. We shared the gospel. Last night was... Young Adults Fellowship. I talked to Sean and uh, Rachel, and they said some new people were here last night. Amen. That's why we have it. Soul bringers. You can bring people. Seniors fellowships. We have those dinners six times a year. We've seen seniors accept Christ. Those of you that come know how careful I am to share the gospel. Uh, at those seniors' fellowship dinners. 
Because, boy, those people are a breath away from eternity. Eternity is a long time. And it's heaven or hell. Everybody needs to be saved. And so we can be a soul bringer when we have seniors fellowships, young adults, monthly fellowships, Easter Sunday, Christmas cantatas, Christmas candlelight service. Everybody loves that service. You can bring guests, and I try every year to share the gospel. Teen rallies. We did tri-state teen rallies. I, I led them for 27 years, and so many times teens would come from different churches. They come from Buffalo. They've never been in church in their life, but I heard there's a youth rally here. You're going to have pizza, wings, and they hear the gospel. They hear the gospel. A bus route. Amen? That's a good way to bring people to Jesus. A bus route. We, we, we have a, a bus route we're starting and starting up again. We only have one small bus anymore as a church, a minibus. But they had 12 riders on it this morning. Amen? And we're glad for that. And I was telling some of the girls, were you hiding over there? Where'd they go? There you are, behind the pole. I was telling these young ladies this morning, I said, look, if you want to do something big for God, because God's done a lot for you, you can help fill up that bus and bring people to church. And those boys and those girls and those teens or adults, whoever will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you'll bring them. Be a soul bringer. Be a soul bringer. Winter recess, DVBS. We got that pastor shut. He's like out of his mind sometimes. February, he has a three-day recess. Kids have recess. They're not in school. So what are they going to do? Watch TV all day, play with their phones, or give them an alternative. Up in Perrysburg, February, three days. And they came last year, the first day, we had over 100 people. We had over 100 people come to recess DVBS. Praise the Lord. And some of them have come and attended ever since. Amen. Perrysburg, winter. Get the picture. Not go out there sometime. Church picnic. Summer camp. Winter camp, I'll be quick. DVBS, special speakers. We're having a special speaker. Chuck Harding is coming in May. He used to have Bible studies with Vice President Mike Pence every week. He's going to speak to us in May. Somebody might say, I'd like to meet that guy. He'd be a soul bringer. Soul bringer. Revival meetings, camp meetings, special ladies meetings. My dad's obituary goes out today in the newspaper. And uh, I've already called Pastor Cable. So my dad used to go to your church before he died, Calvary Heights Baptist Church in Elma. And I said, we're going to have a memorial service for my dad July 15th, 11 a.m. You know why? It's six months away, that's why. And I'm going to try to get every one of my relatives there. From Florida, Alabama, Louisiana. I've already sent out the invitations. And I've said to my brothers, I don't care what you do. Let me share the gospel. I want to share the gospel for all of them. Because they all come up for the Cole reunion anyway. 
So we'll have the memorial service and we'll go to the park. Have our reunion. But we can be soul bringers. Say, what can I do? You can be a soul bringer. You all live in a tiny little sphere where you know a few people that nobody else knows. And someday something is coming up. And you can say, hey, how would you like to go to this? Shall we bow for prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, O Lord, for Your Word. I thank You again for my dad this week bringing me to a church where I could hear what he couldn't tell me, but he wanted to tell me. And there may be somebody here today who's frustrated and says, I've gone to this church for so long, I don't know what to do. I just can't seem to get plugged in anywhere. But Lord, help them to understand that if they could just bring someone to something or somebody else could share the gospel with them, maybe that person would get saved. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe they won't even come, but at least you tried. But Lord, encourage us all to be soul bringers, even those maybe that are young in the Lord and say, I I just don't know. Those from Turning Point, maybe they could find another man, bring them next week, bring them to the breakfast Saturday or something. Fill up this bus. Fill up this church. And Lord, we'll try to share the gospel with them. And so bless, Lord, this message to our hearts. We pray you'd enable us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to just close the service now with a song. If you want to take your hymn books and turn to page 546, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Have you ever trusted in Christ as your Savior? While we're singing, we'd be glad to talk to you about that. If you're a man with a man, a lady with a lady, we'll just show you from the Bible a few verses, pray with you. So you can ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, come into your heart, believe in Him, trust in Him. As we stand together and you want to come and pray, any of you, over the sermon, why don't you come as we sing page 546 on the first.